Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forza Napoli podcast. This is a podcast all about Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you so, so much for listening. This is our Bologna preview mini pod, and it's brought to you, of course, by Betstamp, the world's first verified buy-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. So let's get right into it. Bologna come into this match sitting just outside of the relegation zone on 7 points, tied with Lecce. They have only one victory on the season, which was a 2-1 win over Fiorentina. They're losing to teams you would expect them to lose to, like Lazio, Milan, and Juve. That's fine. The problem has been that they are not getting enough points against the teams that they need to beat. They lost 1-0 to Empoli, and they've drawn against Hellas Verona, Salernitana, Spezia, and most recently, Sampdoria. All five of those teams are in the bottom half of the table, and four of the five, all but Salernitana, are in the bottom seven in the table. Hellas Verona and Sampdoria are both in the relegation zone, so a club like Bologna really should be getting better results against some of these clubs. The draw to Spezia on match day five was enough to cost Sinisa Mihailovic his job, which I'm sure was a difficult decision for everyone involved, but it was probably the right decision for everyone involved, including for Mihailovic. We all know of the battle he's been fighting with cancer for years now. I don't know if that affected his ability to coach, you have to think it has, but what we saw on the pitch simply was not good enough. Ironically, Bologna's only victory this season was under interim coach Luca Vigiani. Vigiani, who's Bologna's Primavera coach, stepped up and got the win over Fiorentina. Tiago Motta was hired as Mihailovic's replacement and hasn't done particularly well thus far. Motta has managed two losses and a draw against the club at the very bottom of the table. However, 
We should not assume that this will be an easy three points for us. You might recall that last season, Napoli practically saved Motta's job at Spezia by losing 1-0. That was the match where we lost without conceding a single shot on target. Juan Jesus scored an unfortunate own goal in the defeat. But all the speculation heading into that match was that Motta would get the sack if he lost. Instead, Spezia kept him on a little bit longer, and that ended up being the first of four wins in five matches for Spezia, including a win over Milan. That run allowed Motta to keep his job for the balance of the season, and they ended up guaranteeing their survival with a couple of rounds left to spare. The point of all of that is, if there's any team that will help Bologna and Motta get out of a rut, it's probably Napoli. However, Motta will have to do without a couple of key players for this match. Right back Denzel Casius, midfielder Jerdy Schouten, and most importantly striker Marco Arnautovic were not named to the Bologna squad. Musa Barrow is in the squad, but he just returned to the group after missing two matches with an ankle injury. That was confirmed by his agent Luigi Sorrentino in an interview he gave this week to Radio Punto Nuovo. He also said in that interview that he's not sure Barrow will start, but he'll probably be on the bench. So with that, let's get to the starting lineups. For Napoli, there's a lot of debate as to how Luciano Spalletti will line up with Andre Frank Zombo and Gisa not in the squad. I'll provide an update on Angisa and some alternative formations when I get to our three keys to the match, but for now I'll give you my predicted starting 11. I think Spalletti is going to stick with the 4-3-3 formation with Alex Meret in goal. With Amir Rachmani still hurt, the question is who will start alongside Kim Min-jae at centre-back? I was convinced that Leo Ostegaard would start in the Champions League against Ajax, but Spalletti went with Juan Jesus instead. I think they're both decent options with different characteristics. Jesus is the experienced veteran. He's a little cooler on the ball, so he's better suited to playing out of the back. Ostegaard is young and eager to show his worth. He's also a dominant force in the air, so he's well suited to playing against teams that like to cross the ball. I think some of the squad decisions this week will be based on the fact that we'll have a week off before our next match, which is a big game against Roma. If this was a midweek fixture, in other words, if we only had a few days to rest for the Roma match, then I think Ostegaard would play in this one so that Juan Jesus could be well rested for Roma. But because we have the week off, I think Spalletti will play Jesus in this one as preparation for the Roma match. Now with Matthias Oliveira playing against Ajax, we should see Mario Rui return to play at left back and Giovanni Di Lorenzo will start at right back. For the midfield, I'm expecting Tangi Ndombele to be a like-for-like -like replacement for Angisa, so I have Stanislav Lobotka and Regista with Piotr Zielinski to his left and Ndombele to his right. Up top, I think we'll see Javica Kvaraschelia start again on the left wing, and I think we'll see Matteo Politano return to the starting 11 to play at right wing. Finally, I think Victor Osimen will start at striker for pretty much the same reason I have Juan Jesus starting at center back. I think we definitely want Osimen to start against Roma, and since we don't have a midweek fixture, Spalletti can use this match to shake off any lingering rust so that Victor is in top shape for Roma. For Bologna, I think we'll see Thiago Motta line up in a 4-2-3-1 formation with Lukas Skorupski in goal. 
Center back is probably the most difficult to predict. Mota has played five different players at center back in the three matches that he's been in charge at Bologna. Against Ampoli, he played John Lukumi and Stefan Posh. Against Juventus, he played Kevin Bonifazi and Joaquin Souza. And against Sampdoria, he played Lukumi and Adama Sumauro. I suspect we'll see Sumauro and Lukumi again. They've played the most for Bologna this season, and Sumauro only missed a few matches because of an injury, which he's now recovered from. Speaking of injuries, Charlampos Likoyanis was substituted out of the Sampdoria match with an injury. He's in the Bologna squad, but for that reason, I think we'll see Andrea Cambiazzo at left back and Lorenzo De Silvestri start at right back. With Jerdy Shouten injured, I think we're going to see Nicolas Dominguez drop back into the pivot to play alongside Gary Medel. Dominguez played as the number 10 against Sampdoria, so I think we'll see Roberto Soriano start in his place there. Given Sorrentino's comments, I think we're going to see Nicolas Sansone start again on the left wing and Ricardo Orsolini on the right wing. Finally, ex-Bayern Munich striker Joshua Zerski replaced Arnautovic in the Sampdoria match. He's only played 41 minutes this season, but that's because Arnautovic plays so much. Unless Mota plays someone out of position, the only other center forward that Bologna have is Primavera player Antonio Raimondo. He's actually a very good player, having seen him play against Napoli in the Primavera, but he's only 18 years old and he's yet to feature, so I'm expecting Zerski to get his first start of the season. So those are our starting lineups, next let's get to our three keys to the match. My first key to the match is we need to take the same approach that we've used in the Champions League, which is to start quick and establish an early lead. Against Liverpool, we scored twice in the opening half hour, and we missed a penalty kick in between those two goals. We didn't score in the first half against Rangers, and we conceded first to Ajax in Amsterdam, but in that match at least, we still had the lead by the 33rd minute, and we had a two-goal lead at the break. And then in the return leg against Ajax, we scored twice in the opening 16 minutes. That gives us a lot of flexibility for the balance of the match. It allows us to preserve our energy against Ajax. We let them have more of the ball and just look to strike on the counter. It also allows us to rest our starters. We can take them out, say, around the hour mark, and then bring on some fresh legs, which is also important to keep our substitute players in form. Now... I don't know if this has to do with the adrenaline of playing in the Champions League, but we have been more of a second half squad in Serie A. Other than Monza in round 2 and Torino in round 8, we have not started quickly in Serie A. We conceded first to Hellas Verona and Lazio, both of those matches were won in the second half. We drew to Lecce and Fiorentina, which are the only two matches this season that we've dropped points in. We scored very late against Spezia and somewhat late, around the 75th minute, to go ahead against both Milan and Cremonese. Now, winning matches in the second half is not necessarily a bad thing. It shows that Napoli are capable of winning matches in different ways, and it really emphasizes our quality in depth. Giovanni Simeone scored the winner against both Milan and Cremonese, and both times he scored as a substitute. But, even though we have a week to recover before the Roma match, I think it'll be important for us to involve as many players as possible. That's because we have a bit of a tricky fixture list before the World Cup break. Starting with Roma, we play 7 matches in 3 weeks, and we have some tough ones in there. After Roma, we play Rangers in the Champions League, 
a win there would almost guarantee that we win the group so long as Liverpool don't destroy us at Anfield, so that Rangers match is still an important one. Then immediately after that, we have Sassuolo, who's always been a tricky customer. That could easily be a banana skin match. That match is immediately followed by that return leg against Liverpool that I mentioned. It would be really great if Ajax could steal some points from Liverpool, but that seems to be pretty unlikely, and if they don't, then we need to make sure that we don't lose by more than three goals at Anfield. After Liverpool, we have Atalanta, who have been hot on our tails, followed by another tricky midweek fixture against Empoli, and then we close the calendar year with another team who, at least for the moment, are hot on our tails in Udinese. So we're going to need everyone to contribute during that run, you obviously can't play everyone in this match, but I think the more we can play, the better. My second key to the match is to be adaptable, which is somewhat related to the previous key to the match, and as I mentioned earlier, to the fact that Angisa won't be available for this match. The report from the club was that Angisa suffered an elongation of the semitendinosus muscle in his right thigh. I think elongation just means strain or maybe a pull. Now, the club didn't reveal the severity of the injury, but there have been reports suggesting that it's not serious and that Angisa could potentially recover in time for the Roma match. His injury definitely didn't seem as serious as Rachmani's, but I'm not so sure I would risk Angisa in that match. That's basically what we did with Osimhen against Liverpool, and he ended up missing an entire month. A recovery that quickly would suggest that he has a grade 1 muscle strain, but if he's not fully recovered, playing him can result in a grade 2 strain, which, which would keep him out even longer. In any event, he won't be available for this match. Spalletti has a few options to choose from. One is our predicted 11, which would be to start Ndombele in Angisa's place. He could also use Elmas there. Elmas would be a significant downgrade, but we do know that he's capable of playing in that role. Gianluca Gaetano is a long shot to play there as well as another option. Alternatively, Spalletti could switch back to the 4-2-3-1. That would solve Spalletti's good problem to have, which is the abundance of informed strikers. The key to Napoli's flexibility is Jack Raspadori, because he can play as a striker, as a number 10, or as a left winger. So, Spalletti can either start Osimen or Raspadori at striker. If he starts Raspadori at striker, meaning we're lined up in a 4-3-3, Spalletti can take off one of the three midfielders, probably Ndombele, drop Raspadori into the 10, and bring on Osimen. Alternatively, he can leave the midfielders, remove Cavara, and shift Raspadori to the wing, which is what he did in the Spezia match. If Osimen starts, Raspadori can also start as the number 10 in the 4-2-3-1. Alternatively, he can come off the bench and replace Osimen, Cavara, or a midfielder. That decision will likely depend on how the match is playing out and what the score is. Of course, having a two-goal lead or better gives us the most flexibility. Then we can use players like Ostegard, Oliveira, Elmas, Zerbin, or Lozano. If we somehow find ourselves behind or level, then we can bolster the attack with a change to a 4-2-3-1 with Raspadori behind Osimen, and if Osimen has limited minutes, we can replace him with Simeone. So Spalletti has a lot of options, and he may well need to use them. My third key to the match is to defend the counter-attack. This key was initially going to be to stop Marko Arnautovic, Bologna have only scored 8 goals in Serie A this season, and 6 of them have been scored by Arnautovic. 
The other two were scored by Musa Barro, who, as I said, just returned from injury and may not be fit to start, and Nicolas Dominguez, who scored the lone goal against Sampdoria. In other words, with Arnautovic out, Bologna don't have an attack, so like Cremonese, like Spezia, like Lecce, I fully expect Bologna to play in a low block and hope to catch us on the break. Hence, we need to defend the counterattack. Of course, that also means we will once again be challenged to break down the low block, which has been a struggle for us. The reason we're so successful in the Champions League is because we're playing against positive teams. They're teams that press and try to impose their game. That means if we move the ball quickly, we can break them down and find space. The clubs in the bottom half of the Serie A table play a very negative style. They sit back and defend with the goal of getting just a single point and the hope of stealing all three. Thus far, we've really struggled to break down the low block. In our Cremonese preview, I talked about how we struggled to break down the low block against Lecce and Spezia. I think it's fair to say that we struggled to do it against Cremonese as well. So that's where Spalletti will be able to put all of those attacking weapons and different formations to good use. For my prediction, I'm going to go with a 3-0 Napoli win on goals from Osimen, Cavara, and Raspadori. I don't want to say that I can't see how Bologna are going to score in this match, let alone get a result, because we have the perfect example, which is that Spezia match I mentioned earlier, and some of those players in that Bologna starting 11 are capable of scoring goals. But, even without Rachmani and Anguissa, the cards are certainly stacked in our favor. We're playing at the Maradona, which has become a fortress once again. The draw to Lecce is the only match we haven't won at home, and with that success, the fans have returned to the stadium. A good turnout is expected once again. I hesitate to say that it'll be a sellout, because sometimes that term means that the seats that are available are sold out, but you could always open the lower bowl. Bologna are playing without their best goal scorer, probably their best player, and simply put, we have a much stronger squad than Bologna do. If you're looking to bet on the match, be sure to check out the BetStamp app to find the best odds in your region, which is the only way to get an edge in online sports betting. It's also the world's first verified buy-sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Unfortunately, for a match like this one where Napoli are such big favorites, you're not going to find great value anywhere. For me, the best value on Napoli on the money line is minus 357 at Coolbet, so you'd be risking a lot to win a little. You can find better value on Napoli on the goal line. If you're confident in my prediction, then you can get Napoli minus 2 at plus 124 on Coolbet, but that means you need Napoli to win by 3 goals to win the bet. To win by 2 would only push. Now, you may be better off taking a slightly worse payout to get the extra half goal or even quarter goal, a number of books have the goal line at 1.75, meaning you wouldn't push on a two goal win, you would actually win your bet. Of those books, Betway and Bet365 have the best odds at minus 104. I'd probably stay away from the total as it's sitting right at three goals and that's exactly what I'm predicting. But if you want to bet the total, it's hard to not take the over. I believe Napoli have gone over the total in five or six consecutive matches now. So that will do for this preview. I hope you enjoy the match. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash Pod. It's entirely voluntary. There are no set tiers 
but it does help us to continue to produce content both on the podcast and on our website at fortsanapolipress.com. As always, if you need to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore D5, and you can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Pod. I will be back next week to review this match, as well as our latest Primavera and Femenile matches, but until then, I'm Joe Fischetti, Forza Napoli sempre! Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.